Shri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Tauri Gopal ki jai. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai. So we're reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita, continuing our discussion of the five verses of Sarup Damodar Goswami that have been employed by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami as part of his Mangalacharan, auspicious invocation to his book Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. And uh, these five verses are a glorification of Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Ram, as he's called in the verses. We've discussed the first three. So we come to the fourth verse, and Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami himself speaks very limitedly about this fourth and the fifth verse. So we may touch on to or complete the, the fifth verse discussion as well. And as we know from our previous sessions at this point, we're speaking about the features or manifestations of Nityananda Prabhu that are involved in time and space. We heard about his expansions in the Paravyom or in the, in the spaceless, timeless, transpatial realm of Vaikuntha. Mayati te vyapi Vaikuntha loke. The uh, two Sankarshans, the Mupa, Balaram, Mool Sankarshan, manifesting for Leela and Mathura and Dwarka. The second Sankarshan and the second Chaturvyuha, or fourfold manifestation, Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Nanirudin, Vaikuntha, hmm? presiding over the different directions there, and how uh, this Maha Sankarshan of Vaikuntha has some compassion and express, it's expressed through his expansion in the form of Mahavishnu, or Karnadakshai Vishnu, who lies on the Karna Ocean and, um, and expands, or begins, I guess you could say, that is involved in the beginning of the expansion of time and space, a kind of a primary manifestation or creation. It's followed by a secondary creation. And we come to that uh, tonight which is presided over, done by the further expansion of Nityananda Ram from Karnadakshai Vishnu or Mahavishnu to Garbo Dakshai Vishnu. Yasyam sam sam shila garbo dakshai yam nabi abjam loka sangata nalam loka shastu sutika dhama dhatus Again, obeisance is offered to Nityananda Ram with a petition that we might have the shelter of Nityananda Ram, who is described here further, as I say, as expanding the realm of time and space in which we find ourselves and out of which we would like to come. So this is a good person to call upon. Therefore we find, for example, in Narutam Thakur's um, song, a famous song, where he's glorified Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his ecstasy in the Gambira, in the Gambira, the deep room of his um, residence in, in Jagannath Puri, 
out of which so much came. A little space there he had, but such a big idea came from there. And in that room, of course, he's in the Antia Leela, and he's very deeply pursuing entrance into the uh, Krishna Leela and the, you know, the mood of, Brad, of, 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 of Radha and so forth. So Narottam prays there, he says, Gauranga bolite hobe pulakashari hori hori bolite nayane bhavanir. He's praying, when can I, hmm, by chanting Gauranga, hmm, experience all these things, the implication is that Mahaprabhu was experiencing there in, in the Gambira. Gauranga bulite hobe pulaka sharir hari hari bulite nayane babane. All these first astaka sattvika vikar, transformations of uh, in, uh, involuntary transformations of ecstasy, hmm? which was typical of him at the time. The descriptions are there in the Antilila of the extremity of these manifestations that constitute Mahabhav. Not just a not just the bhav of hair standing on end and the, and the um, tears in the eyes, the, the, the beginning of these types of symptoms, but all of these eight symptoms, and all at once, and all magnified in the, in the what was the name of that book? Blazing Sadhus or something like that? Hmm? It was, that was what he was drawing on. The uh, Sudipta, uh, inflamed stage, and beyond, actually. In his book about ecstasy, about Bhakti Rasa, uh, Rupa Goswami, uh, when speaking about the Sattvika Bhavas, says, and there are others, but they're so rare that I don't mention them here. Like the perspiring of blood, for example, this is one that I know of. And this was, this was Mahaprabhu uh, exhibited this also in, in Jagannath, in the Rathayatra and so Jagannath Puri. So, very extraordinary condition uh, we find Chaitanya Dev in, in Jagannath Puri and Lok. And, and Narutanas is hoping to be like that. We're very frightening. Therefore, we have to think about that a little bit. It said that uh, by Krishna's Kaviraj that Baya Bisha Jalahoi Bitare Anandamoi Krishna Premier Adbhuta Charita. The wonderful character, the Adbhuta Charita of Prem is on the outside, it's very frightening, looks very disturbing, but inside it's full of ananda. Hmm? And I said, as I said before, the material world is just the opposite. It looks really blissful on the outside, the prospect, I will acquire this, I will get that, I will be this or that, but inside it's always painful because what we acquire, what we seek to attain by adding on to our life through acquisition only weights us down. Hmm? burdens us so much more. So, to understand this preem, we have to be a little attentive. Bhagavatam itself says, Nasta prayeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya. With close attention, we should follow the person Bhagavat, serve him or her, and study the, the Bhagavat under the Guru's direction very carefully. We want to understand what is Radha Krishna Leela. Narottam is wanting to understand that as it's manifesting in the person of Goranga, but he's very practical. Hmm? He makes his appeal 
I would, when or oh when will that day be mine when I experience that? Hmm? And then he says, Arko benitai chander. Oh, when the moon of Nitai, the moon is very cool and soothing. In the darkness of the night, it gives some light. Arko benitai chander karuna hoive. Sangsara vasana This whole sangsara, fueled as it is by vasanas, desires, impressions, and desires, hmm? and to keep it going round. Hmm? Um, here, Brahma is mentioned. He's the he has krama, karma bija. Hmm? <laughs> He's born with the karma bija. Wants to mix it up with the world. Of course, he gets the kama bija. Huh? by which he can attain the real fulfillment of the heart hmm? and enter into the, uh, the, the, the Kambijai Lila, for that matter, where Kam, hmm, in the ordinary sense, is conquered, Bijai, hmm? and that kind of Kam, the Rasa Lila, for example, is Prem. Looks like Kam, therefore you have to pay close attention, but it's Prem. Hmm? It has a similar appearance because... It looks like the gopis are wanting to satisfy their senses, how selfish they are, foregoing their family duties, their reputations, the village's reputation, just to run off. How selfish, how self-interested they are. But the object of their love is the center of everything. Hmm? That's actually praying. They're only interested in Krishnendriya priti. They have desire only for satisfying the senses of Krishna. <clears throat> so... Uh, very confidential, this idea. And Narutam is praying for that, and he says, very practically, he makes a, makes a, speaks about an ideal that's very lofty and wishes to attain that. And then he takes a big step back. Hmm? I have to get the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu, by which this whole of sansara will be unraveled. It's very practical. Here he is. He manifests the whole affair. Hmm? This whole Shristi Leela. Hmm? Uh, those presiding over that, as the garb, as the Mahavishnu, in the in the biggest sense. Here we hear now about the Garbhadaksha Vishnu, the 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 Karnadaksha, the Mahavishnu, made the world move by light, hmm? by light, the darkness of the world, the prakriti, is lying, uh, in balance, undisturbed. And he glances at that. This glance is, causes the Mahatattva. Hmm? Mahatattva is the light, chitta. It manifests in the jiva in the form of chitta. Hmm? Light. From the world is lit. Hmm? And, and it started in motion. And from light, then, hmm, comes... The next phase, this is then the, 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 what's discussed tonight, this uh, Garbhodakshay Vishnu. Garbha means womb. We, the, the, the eggs, the universal eggs, we talked about the, the universes, uh, inside the universal egg, hmm? the, uh, the Vishnu comes from manifesting all the universes. He enters into each of the Brahma eggs, hmm? each of the universes, they're Brahmas, they're Brahmanandas, they're Brahmandas, they're Brahmandas, they're Brahmas, they're, they're, uh, and the big, the firstborn, hmm? 
is the Brahma. We touched on him a little bit. He's discussed here in more more detail. Yes, yam sam sham shila garbo First of all, this is the amsa of the amsa of Nityananda Prabhu, the part of the part of Nityananda. He's the Garbodakshai Vishnu. Garbodashai, Shila Garbodashai. Yan Nabi Abjam, Okasangata Nalam. Yan Nabi Abjam. From, he enters into the, he enters into the each universe and he needs a resting place there. So he manifests water. Hmm. Like, like perspiration, he manifests water, and the, and the Brahma egg, the Brahmanda, f- fills up halfway with water, and he lies on that, hmm. resting, above the whole affair. He's in the world, but he's above the world. Hmm. So, from light of Mahavishnu, the light of conscious consciousness, first the light of consciousness that brings the world into motion, and that prakriti that was still in an state of equilibrium becomes agitated by the light, and the mahatattva manifests, the great light. This mahatattva is chitta. Chitta means, this is, this is one aspect of the internal organ, chitta, buddhi, um, chitta, hankar, buddhi, manas. This is the conglomerate, if you will, the fourfold uh, aspects of the internal organ, which sometimes referred to in a general broad sense as mind or the subtle body and so forth. So chitta is that aspect of the internal organ that affords us perception. Hmm? Perception. It uh, The world is reflected on it and we kind of contact it through that reflection, chetana, this perception. Mahaprabhu said cheto darpana marjam. Sometimes it's called the heart, sometimes it's called the mind, but the word is chitta. This is presided over by Vasudeva, the Chaturvyuha. Then, of course, there comes the, the, the ahankar, buddhi, and um, manas. So, ahankar is presided over by the Sankarshan, Mahasankarshan, or the uh, Mahasankarshan, appearing in this world as the Mahavishnu of our previous discussion, causing, uh, shedding the light, hmm? bringing the dark world to, to, to light with consciousness. Now we come to um, this uh, Garbhadaksha Vishnu, the Pradyumna, presiding over intelligence, Buddhi. Hmm? The next, of course, is the Shiradakshai Vishnu presiding over manas, mind. So Vasudeva over Chitta, Sankha, uh, in this world, Mahavishnu over uh, Hankar, Gabbadakshai Vishnu over Buddhi, and Shiradakshai Vishnu over manas. Hmm? It's something like this, on a macro, microcosmic sense, these are all, as I say, constituents of our subtle organ, Internal organ of of, uh, of 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 thinking, identify, identifying, um, I guess you could say, understanding, hmm? perceiving. Uh, we 
identify a sound. We perceive a sound. The chitta perceives hmm? a sound. The buddhi then says, that was a, I heard a sound. You know, it's not that you consciously go, I heard a sound, but buddhi clicks in. Hmm? After perception of the sound, the buddhi identifies the sound. I heard a, the, a sound. Hmm? Then um, from buddhi comes... Uh, what, uh, then uh, manas, the mind, desires the sound or desires not the sound. Sankalpa, vikalpa. I want the sound. I don't want the sound. And from the identi- from this desiring on the part of the mind, on the mind's part of the internal organ, comes identification, ahankar. Hmm? An identity based on likes and dislikes. Hmm? So this is how these this internal organ is... Uh, what it's constituted of, and these are the four deities that preside over and so forth. So here we have, anyway, the, the Pradyumna, or the Garbhadakshai Vishnu. Hmm? Garbhadakshai Vishnu comes, first there's the light from the Mahavishnu, then there's the Garbhadakshai Vishnu entering the, the universe and bringing water. So from light of consciousness comes then water. We could say this is symbolic of biological life. Hmm? So Brahma's bringing about the biological life, if you will. As you know, you need water. They, they, they say that they're drilling for water on Mars and uh, they're excited about the fact that there, there might have been water there at some time, hmm? which means that we're not alone in the world. This is, this is big news, not for those who read the Bhagavatam, <laughs> though, of course. So he, man- he manifests water. Hmm? He lies above the water. Hmm? Resting, nothing to do. Hmm? Hmm? But he, but from him, his from his navel manifests the lotus. This is the first life form, then, <laughs> if you will. The lotus is the symbol of beauty, hmm? and it's beautiful in a in more than one way. It's beautiful in a way of how it's perceived. It's 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 um, its color, its shape, and so on and so forth. But it's beautiful also in a in more in a symbolic sense, that it represents a kind of being in the world, but not of the world. Hmm? This example, I think, is given in the Gita, isn't it? Like the lotus, it's in the world, but it's in the water, but not in the water. It's it's, it's born out of the mud, hmm? right? At the bottom of the water, and then the flower itself it sits on top. Hmm? So its stem is in the water, but it's 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 in, but it's above. It's not touched by the water, hmm? and this is the beauty of really of how to live in the world. It's how Vishnu lives in the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not in the world. Hmm? And his firstborn son, Brahma, although it's a feminine Brahma, from Brahman to Brahma, becomes feminine. Uh, he he is. Um, uh, is that the Vishnu is born again, like I said, this, the, the father is born again as the son. So this Brahma represents all of us, the firstborn. Hmm? And he's born on the seat of the, of the lotus. And of course he's learned to live, to learn to live artfully, ultimately in the world. And the art of living artfully hmm? is to be in the world, but not of the world. This is yoga. Hmm? 
the art of living. I think it's, is it described like this in the Gita, something like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, bhakti is the full face of yoga. And so what? there he is, the Brahma, Yamnabi Abjam. Mm-hmm. From the navel comes, the, like an umbilical cord, comes the lotus. Yamnabi Abjam Loka Sangata Nalam. And in the stem of the lotus, well, Brahma is seated on the lotus, and he is intelligent. Hmm? His source is Pradyumna, the presiding deity of intelligence, as the Garbhodakshaya Vishnu. Hmm? And he's intelligent enough to think, I'm not alone here. Hmm? Here I am sitting on this lotus, but this lotus has to be supported by something. So the, the common kind of human sense that there's more to the world than me. Hmm? There's more to the world, that I, as I would say, than what meets the eye and the mind. This is the common sensibility in human society. Hmm? There's more, that oceanic feeling that uh, I'm, I'm in a big ocean and I'm small and there's, there's more to it than me. The Brahma had this feeling. Every human being gets this feeling. Hmm? They play it out to one extent or another, sometimes to the extent of deciding there is no more, and then that's their more, that they want to press on other people. The meaning, in other words, the overarching meaning of life, there is no meaning. There are some like this. I don't think they've gotten away, but my point is, from this sensibility. They're very pressed to uh, your your new atheists, uh, the dull, they call themselves the bright, but I call them the dull, uh, that, that, that uh, we have to impress the people that the meaning of life is that there is no meaning, there is no overarching meaning, There's no, there are no why questions and so forth. So anyway, this sense is very deeply um, seated in human consciousness and Brahma typifies that. Um, and it's, it's intelligent. This is considered to be good intelligence. Hmm? I mentioned before in another discussion how I had seen this fellow John Cyril in an interview speaking about consciousness. And he said if we could only get freed from you know, hundreds of years of religious oppression, then hmm, we wouldn't be burdened by you know, thinking about consciousness in a particular way and we would be that much further along towards of understanding it's um, that it's not supernatural, basically. Hmm? Um, and I thought, wait a minute, you know, the oppressionist is the other way. The oppressionist coming from materialism and so forth. The natural, where where conscious, human consciousness goes naturally is towards the idea that there's more. Hmm? Granted, there are suspicions. There are, I should say, superstitions about things in life that have been shown to be such as time has gone on with reason and, uh, and, and the help of uh, science and so forth. But this is not a suspicion, or a superstition, I should say. This is not a superstition, that there's more to life. Hmm? Um, we found out many things, but about consciousness, very little. Hmm? This is still a huge... Huge question. And again, I've just said before, what is the biological makeup of consciousness is the big question. We would say there is none. 
Hmm? We're talking about a biological makeup here, but not of consciousness. Consciousness has already come in the world as light. Now as water, hmm? the biological seat for consciousness. For Brahma, it's the lotus. Hmm? He is the lotus, actually. Hmm? He has a subtle body. He has a gross body. He's a subtle body. He is the Haranyagarbha. He's a mass of light that constitutes the conglomerate of all jivas that are moving from what is it called? Hmm? He, homogeneity. Homogeneity to heterogeneity. From a kind of uh, consolidated, non-differentiated condition within Vishnu to a differentiated condition. And the differentiation is, of course, part of their constitution, but the differentiation here is a biological differentiation, a guna differentiation, hmm? according to karma. Again, Brahma's born with the karma bija, hmm? described in Bhagavatam, in third canto. Hmm? And so there he is on the, on the lotus, and he wants to know his source. He concludes, this lotus is not just floating here. It's got, it's got a support. So he decides to go down into the stem hmm? and find its support, which is to find his source. So this is just a, what happens in human consciousness. We want to find our source. Why are we? Where do we come from? Hmm? And so forth. And there are different stories about that, right? Depends on your age. And your adhikar, your eligibility, what you may be told. Oh, a big bird dropped you off in the chimney. We found you there one morning. Hmm? Every country has its you know, beginning story like that. And then there's the more sophisticated biological story, which sets up a whole other... <laughs> hmm, that's different. And then, and, the, and then there's the philosophical understandings and so on and so forth. Hmm? And we find that even our acharyas will tell a story sometimes to make it easy to, for beginners. Hmm? Um, but we have no origin, ultimately. And the Brahma is, 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 the, is, is Vishnu being born again. The, son is the, the Father is born as the Son. Here he is again. We are one. It is him, his play. This birth of the Brahma is the Leela of the Garbhadakshai Vishnu. Hmm? Becoming, the becoming many. Hmm? There, was the, there was the many in the form of the light, and now there's a further development of the many, as I say, kind of like a biological, under the influence of the gunas, differentiation and many. Hmm? And Brahma's going to be the one who, who organizes this with the reflected power from the pradyumna, that kind of intelligence, superior intelligence, how to organize uh, uh, the world, so to speak. Hmm? Hmm. So anyway, he go. He wants to find his source. To, in the pursuit even of his own desire, he's got the karma beach. He wants to do something, hmm? and he thinks he needs help to do something. This is a very intelligent person. That hmm? asked to ask for help. They say. Real men don't ask questions, but Brahma was Brahma's a feminine name, <laughs> as I said earlier. Real men are balanced; they're intelligent enough to, to to know that others may have good advice and, and be able to take it. 
So, so he 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 asks questions. The firstborn Brahma. It said he 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 looked in all directions, and therefore the measure of his interest to know his source brought about the manifestation of the foreheads, so that he could see in all directions, and in he went into the lotus stem intelligently to find his source, but he could not find his source with the use of his heads. Hmm? So he used his head to soften his heart. Hmm? And instead of trying to climb his way to his the navel source of the of the lotus, hmm? the Mahavishnu, he decided to go back to the seat and instead of being busy by movement, he sat still and did meditation. Of course, he got some advice, tapa, tapa, he heard the sound. In answer to the sincerity, of the measure of the sincerity of his inquiry, tapa, tapa, and he had translated that tapa hmm, to mean, to, mean to, 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 the, to sit. It's more of an austerity to sit than it is to move. <laughs> We think, oh, you know, uh, to sit properly, I should say. This is more of a, to lay down and enter the tamagoon, that, that, that is one thing. But you won't know anything by that. You won't accomplish anything by that. But you can accomplish more by sitting than by moving. If you can, as Prabhupada said, sit properly. There's a famous, you know, japa tape of Prabhupada. And he's chanting japa and the students are chanting japa and he says, sit properly. <laughs> So to sit properly, this is this is requires some intelligence, and it's harder to do than to move around. Hmm? There's a Buddhist book that came out that said, "Don't just do something; sit there." The saying is to be, "Don't just sit there; do something." Hmm? Don't just do something; sit there. Hmm. So for this, you have to have a pure heart. Brahma's heart was pure. His movements were based on a desire to do something, but with the intelligence and the sincerity enough to know that I'll need some help to do that. I'm not alone in this. Hmm? So he's pursuing his source, and so he gets the sound and he sits. He sits on the lotus, hmm? and he meditates. It means, instead of using his brain hmm, and his body... He exercises his heart. Meditation is really an exercise of the heart. And there he, there he found his source. He didn't have to run and find his source by miles, by distance, geographically, capture him and so forth. He sat and Vishnu appeared within his heart. This is the Garbhodakshai Vishnu who gave him all these instructions we heard earlier when we were discussing about the the Chatur Shloka of Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the Pradyumna. Hmm? When describing this Pradyumna in another place, in the third canto of Bhagavatam, it is described that Brahma, meditating, saw the, his source, the Garbhadakshai Vishnu, and he saw his one foot. He saw his one foot. So some Acharyas have reasoned that, that the Garbhadakshai Vishnu is Pradyumna, hmm? Who is coming from the Mahavishnu? Who is coming from San- Mahasankarshan of hmm, Vaikuntha? Who is coming from the Mool Sankarshan, from Balaram, 
and from Krishna. This is the progression. That, that, that Krishna manifest in the form of the Garbhadakshaya Vishnu and showed himself to Brahma. Because it's Krishna that stands on his left foot with his right foot crossed over. And so if he, if he stand, you see how Krishna stands, standing on his, well, he's standing on his left foot, as I said, and his right foot is crossed over, and what do you see? You see the sole of his one foot. Hmm? He saw the sole of his foot. So you couldn't see the sole of his feet if they were both standing like this, flat down. Vishnu is standing with both feet down. Hmm? Krishna is standing in three bangalalitam. Hmm? The beautiful threefold, charming lalitam, threefold bending form. And his right foot is such that you can see the, see the sole of his foot. So he saw the one foot. He would have seen two, but he saw one because he's standing there. Therefore, here it is the point where Krishna's manifest. This is, confirms what is said in the Gopal Tapani, that he appeared in Gopavesh, in the form of a Gopa. So this is, the, and, and this is where we got the supreme intelligence hmm, for uh, rag bhakti and all that. We discussed all this in our discussions of the Chatur Shloka. Hmm. So this is the Garbhadakshaya Vishnu. He presides over the intelligence. Brahma is the is the personification of intellect. He's like his Brahma Loka represents the plane of intellect, the worlds of intellect. You have worlds of mind worlds of the, the physical world. So, Brahma is the world of intellect. This is the deity of intellect. He appears and life in the world starts. And Brahma is the organizer of that. He manifests, I said, two forms. The subtle form as Saranyagarbha, the conglomerate of all jivas. Sometimes it's said that well, the jiva first appears in the world as Brahma. This is how he appears. From a homogeneous condition within the Vishnu, they start to come out. First they come out as the, as, as the Brahma, and then from there further differentiate. So the Brahma's subtle form is the Saranyagarbha, and then he has the gross form with the foreheads. This is how it's described in Bhagavad Vishwana in Bhagavatam says he has three forms. The Viraja, Vairaja, the Hiranyagarbha, and the four-headed form. Hmm? Two, three. It's a complex uh, person. Hmm? But the Jiva then first takes birth as Brahma. It means it doesn't mean that every Jiva first becomes a Brahma somewhere and then they fall down and fall down and fall down and fall down. Not like that. Hmm? No. Hmm? They come from the Mahavishnu. They come. They they they, they uh, come. Uh, this, uh, the the Garbhadakshay Vishnu, the Brahma, hmm? and based on their karma. And as I said, he has the karma bij. We have the karma bij. It's what's making the world go round. That karma is an adi, like the Vishnu is. So it keeps making the world go round. It goes round, and Vishnu gets tired of it, and he goes to sleep, and he wakes up, starts it again. Hmm? And every now and then, somebody gets off of that. Ferris wheel, or that roller coaster, or that, what is it called? Merry-go-round. merry-go-round. It's not so merry. 
It's an unmarry going round, <coughs> round and round and round. So some, every now and then someone gets off. Hmm? And by knowing these things, we have a good chance for that. Uh, prospect for that is, uh, is, is enhanced. Hmm? This is knowing about Nityananda, who, as I said, Narutam says, by understanding him, by getting his grace, this samsara will be crossed over very easily. He has manifest the whole of the samsara, hmm? world of desire. Here, the Garbhodakshay Vishnu, he gives the, in the form of Krishna, he gives the Kama Bij, as I said. There's the, Brahma's got the Karma Bij, now he gets the Kama Bij. Hmm? Kama Bij can fulfill any desire, but hmm, ultimately, in the form of the, Kam, the, the Krishna Mantra, Gopal Mantra, and the Kama Gayatri, it takes us to come vijay, to conquer over desire altogether. The rasa lila is called kam vijay lila. The lila in which kam, desire, in the ordinary sense, is vijay, conquered over. But it still has the appearance of kam hmm? while it is actually praying. And why? Well, for one reason, as I said, this is a very confidential realm. One has to pay close attention develop desire for that by good association, hmm? to go there. Hmm? So the firstborn, he has this seed also then. Hmm? And through Guru Parampara, he passes that seed down. So there's two sides to the Brahma. One side is he's working, organizing the world, the service of sorts, and the other side is he's in the Guru Parampara. Hmm? Hmm? So he's passing down the Kama Bij to everyone, that they might get out of the material world also. So this is the the description of the Garbhodakshay Vishnu. Hmm? And from the Garbhodakshay Vishnu, then we come to the next verse, is the Shirodakshay Vishnu. Hmm? He's living in the Garbhodak Ocean. He's like, it's like within the universe, he has his residence. It's Vaikuntha. A Vaikuntha within the, within the world. So wherever he goes, the Vaikuntha follows him. Hmm? And when he comes to the now the 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 Shirodakshay Vishnu, yes, Yam Sham Sham Sha Parat Makilanam, Postabishnu Bhati Du Dabdi Shaye, Shesh Shoni Bhartayat Kalo Sopinantas Tansinitinandaramam Prapati. We've gone now from a causal ocean to a, a Garbhodak ocean uh, in the womb of the egg, <laughs> the, the Brahma egg. There's water. This is all like the like the like the waters inside the womb. The, I don't know the details. There's a lot of water in there, right? The water, like we see the calves born. The water bag is first broken, so something like that. This Garbhodakshay Vishnu manifests the water bag, and he's kind of floating on that water bag. Uh, there's a lot of fluids in the womb, and there's uh, this is anyway. If you study the womb, I'm not a great expert on it. this. Is really what this is all talking about? This Brahma egg. It's like womb. Like I said. The other day, Brahma's born, he never comes out of the womb. He's inside the Brahma egg, and the whole thing stays inside. The idea is to get out. That's another life, another birth. He gets that other birth with the Kama Bij and so forth, but that's a whole different process than the manifesting of the world that's being discussed here. Hmm? Reversing it out, so to speak. That is what yoga says, what that meditation is, the reverse order of things. He can't be known by an ascending process. Hmm? By descending process, he could, by sitting he might be known. Hmm? By sitting and exercising the heart, he may come to make himself known. 
So from so anyway, from the causal ocean of the Mahavishnu to the Garbha ocean, now we come to the milk ocean. So <laughs> so it's said that that with the manifesting of the world and then the Bharata Barsha aspect of it for the humans, then there are the seven oceans and so what the said can't be seen in Kali Yuga, only the shore of the salt ocean. The rest of it is all, the rest of what the Bhagavatam describes, which is a whole subtle form, uh, description of a subtle, subtle kind of description of the form of God as the world, as the form of God. It can't be seen, hmm? except by some exception or by some subtle process of yoga and so forth, for example. Hmm? Uh, but uh, milk ocean is there, and the garbo and the shiro actually shiro means. Milk, he resides in the milk ocean. So, from the from the one who the whole universe has come to, to the one that, who enters into each universe, to the one that enters into each atom, hmm? and every heart. This is the Chirodakshavish. They're all Paramatmas, all the subject of the Paramatma Sandarbha, for example, of Jiva Goswami. But this one in particular is called Yasyam Samchamsha, a part of a part of a part. <laughs> Paratmakilanam. He's more famously known as the Paramatma, uh, manifesting as he does, as I say, in the heart. Hmm? This is his, his place of residence in our heart. This is why he... The, uh, milk means affection. Hmm? Milk is the affection of the mother. Hmm? Seeing the child and the, the necessity of the child... Hmm? Causing the milk to flow, something like this. this is the psychological idea behind it. Hmm? So the Shirdaksha Vishnu is depicted like this, residing in the ocean of ocean of affection and in the heart, the place of affection. Hmm? And he's following us wherever we go in our material sojourn. He never leaves us, waiting, witnessing, sanctioning, and waiting for us to turn to him. Hmm? to turn in his direction and that he might take us to the other side hmm? Hmm? to the Paravyam to the Mahabhaikunta to the, Vaikunta, to the Mahabhaikunta so here he's described as the, as the, the maintainer of the world hmm? the super soul of all living entities hmm? the upholder of the earth hmm? who then further manifests as the Shesh, Anantasesh. Prabhupada says in his commentary somewhere that this word Sankarshan, which is another name for Sesh, these are all manifestations of Sankarshan, etymologically, from an etymological point of view, speaks to us something about gravity. I guess he means Sankarshan means drawing together, holding together. So this Anantasesh is considered to be something like this, a, a gravitational principle that holds everything uh, together. And he holds, he has two forms. He holds everything together, the whole show of the, of the Vishnus that are that is manifest, the whole of time and space. Hmm? Uh, he, he kind of balances it all, holds it on his heads. Uh, and, and in the context of doing that, he's always glorifying hmm? Uh, Bhagawan, he can never catch up 
and fully described with his thousands of mouths one aspect of one pastime of Krishna. Hmm? <laughs> and this is one form. And in the other form, he actually manifests as the personal servant of Krishna, as his bed, as his umbrella, as his, 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 his thread, sacred thread, and so on and so forth, his shoes. Hmm? It said in, 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 uh, in, in Bhagavatam, he has a friendly relationship with, uh, with the Vishnu uh, who resides upon him. This is played out in Gorlila. Uh, I think it was in the, in the, in the Ganga where Nityananda Prabhu laid himself out and Advaita sat on top. Hmm? <laughs> and Nityananda Prabhu was the raft. Huh? So that's another chapter, of course. Advaita is also the, a particular manifestation of the Mahavishnu. They have a friendly relationship. This is, of course, an important point in Chaitanya Vaishnavism because they appear at times to have an inimical relationship where the way to the Paka Brahman says, Who is this guy, this madman who you've brought here, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to eat in my house? Itinanda Prabhu is full-blown Sakyabhav, mad, and an avadut, and eating food and throwing it, and so forth. Rice is landing on a way to what kind of person is this? And, and they argue, and so some scholars go and say, "Looks like there was arguments between this Nityananda and Advaita, and so they were sectarian line. There were sectarian lines that were were drawn, and so forth, more on probably a philosophical basis. But we know, and we'll hear it. I guess we go into this tomorrow. This kind of brings us to an end of the five verses, and then. Uh, Krishna Kaviraj will describe something about Balaram, but we've already talked about Balaram. Then he'll go into his own personal testimony of how Nityananda Prabhu came into his life hmm? and changed his life for forever and our lives forever by way of making it possible for him, Krishna Kaviraj, to write the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? Um, what was the point? But. Um, But in Chaitanya Charitamrita, yeah, uh, he he's very, um, and this it comes out in this chapter. He, in, in that personal testimony, he wants to make very clear, Nityananda Prabhu, Advaita, Chaitanya, these are all the lords. They're all they're all on the same page here, hmm? uh, and we should respect highly Nityananda Prabhu. Not like some people, they rejected sons, as they're known to be of Advaita, who their 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 claim was. Advaita is the, is the source of all incarnations, not Chaitanya. For that they were rejected by Advaita. Some Upasadanta. That's one way of looking at it. <laughs> they were rejected by Advaita. And it's, it's, it could be looked at. Krishna is covers his generousness because it could be looked at that way. Hmm? An, there is an angle of vision like that. But we have this, this, it's not the full picture. Something like that. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was that same Krishna. So but anyway, in the, as we'll hear tomorrow night, then the brother of Krishna's Kaviraj did not acknowledge Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? So he was rejected by Krishna's Kaviraj. He, he may, tells a story to make the point how he should be respected. Don't think that because he threw rice at Advaita and acted like a madman, he was uncultured and uncouth and somebody who shouldn't be listened to. No, he's a big an important person, he manifests the whole of the samsara. Hmm? And so, by taking shelter of him, one can get out of the samsara very easily.
Hmm. Any question? The point is that, <coughs> excuse me, the, the post of Brahma hmm, is a position, the post of Karma Mishra Bhakti. Hmm. He has a desire to mix it up with the world and some bhakti. Hmm. That's the post of Brahma. Hmm. That's what it represents. Now, the person of Brahma. We hear Gopu Kumar was a Brahma. Hmm? But he didn't have a desire to mix it up with the world, so he didn't make a very good Brahma. <laughs> uh, but uh, we can look at the post of Brahma as one thing, but then that doesn't exclude the perfection of Brahma. Hmm? So we don't look at him from the Acharya perspective, the Guru Parampara perspective, as a mixed devotee, we look at him in terms of his potential or his the, the, the result, the, the, the end result, hmm? what he ultimately um, attained, something like that. Hmm? He was successful in his bhakti, something like that. Of course, Brahma is our, you know, parampara in an indirect sense because our parampara is directly from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, the founder of his own, own sampradaya. And there, in the, from there, you find the full potential of the Brahma and what he received and so forth. It would be interesting to know how the Madhvas think of that question, but they, they probably think of it as, as I've mentioned. Hmm. And they probably have some idea of you do karma with bhakti, and Mahaprabhu said that about them. Hmm. Mahaprabhu, in, through the pen of Krishnadas, says so that in your sampradaya, to the Madhvas, there's a mixture of karma and jnana. Hmm. There's the desire for mukti in Vaikuntha, and there's karma in a form of uh, placing value on, essential value on Varnashram and its adherence and so forth. Mm-hmm. Mahaprabhu's bhakti does not do that. Uttam bhakti of Rupa Goswami leaves Varnashram. It, it, it has it 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 adhikar for that faith in that enables us to be relieved from the constraints and the um, the uh, guidelines of the, uh, the varnashram and the scope of the varnashram. The scope of the varnashram is dharmartha kama moksha. The scope of Mahaprabhu's uttam bhakti is prem. Mm-hmm. 
Prema Pumarto Mahan. It's a Panchama Purusharta, fifth goal. So Mahaprabhu, when he met the Tattva bodies, according to Chaitanya Charitamrita, then he said, Ah, your bhakti is mixed with karma and gyan. That's not uttam bhakti. I don't think the Madhvas would like that kind of discussion, but that's the Krishnadasa's perspective on the Madhvas. And so they have a Brahma, I suppose, attaining by Kuntam, something like that. We have a Brahma attaining Golok, seeing the Golok and the Brahma Samhita, so on and so forth. Hmm? And a special manifestation of Krishna in Gopavesh, giving him the Kama Bij, Kama Gayatri. They aren't giving the Kama Gayatri in, in the Madhva Sampradaya. So I guess we got our own our own Brahma, <laughs> who's very special, appears in Krishna Leela, so forth. They don't comment on those chapters of Bhagavatam, Brahma Mohan Leela, Madhva Sampradaya. But the general idea is the Brahma's uh, Karma Mishra Bhakti, Shiva's Gyan Mishra Bhakti, Prahlada Shuddha Bhakti. So the point is, you don't want to become a Brahma. That's the teaching. You don't want to become a Brahma. That shouldn't be your goal, to become a Brahma. Hmm? Abhama Bhuvana Loka Punaravartino Arjuna even the Brahma, from the Brahma down, hmm? even attaining the Brahma position hmm? is not a permanent position. You have to go beyond. Come to me then. That's another thing. Hmm? Everyone's going up and down. Of course, generally the Brahma goes up once he gets, once one gets that far along. But hmm? the idea that of saying that Brahma represents karma mitra bhakti is that you don't want to be a Brahma. What every Brahma's position is in terms of uh, how he practices sadhana given to him, we can't sort all that out, what they would, what each one will attain and so on and so forth. And, and uh, how soon, and they said even Gopu Kumar, a cowherd, became a Brahma. <laughs> Maybe that's our Brahma. <laughs> Very special Brahma. So you have to look at it like that. This is said, this is Brahma, the Brahma Karma Mishra Bhakti means this is not what's to be attained. It's not speaking about what the soul in the Brahma's body may attain, but what the position represents. You're born in this world with a certain position, it represents something also. Bhakti has come to you to change that. So there's two ways to look. What what is in his life that that he that he pursues ultimately as ideal, and what is what what the position that he attained, what what that represents. What you some people do things to become Brahmas. Obviously, I think it said you follow the Varnashram perfectly for a hundred lifetimes, you become a Brahma. What a, and the point of Gaudi Vaishnavism is, wow, what a waste of time. 
Jai. Oh, Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai. Oh, we pray, Manan.